Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to OKF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, I'm having one of those days where I recognize that everything is just going to shit. You know, in the news, you have Clarence Thomas, who we know his wife, is an insurrectionist, was a part of the coup to overthrow the presidency, to overthrow the election for Donald Trump. She was asked nicely to testify before the January 6th committee, not under investigation. And lo and behold, Clarence Thomas, the sole justice to block a lower court in Georgia from forcing Lindsey Graham to testify on why Lindsey Graham was on a fucking phone call with people in the state of Georgia with regard to overthrowing their election. Mind you, this isn't his fucking state. So there was no reason for Lindsey Graham to be calling anyone in Georgia except if he was doing something illegal or nefarious. But you see, when you fucking, you know, have a corrupt Supreme Court, then you can do whatever you want. Laws don't matter. The courts don't matter. Nothing actually fucking matters. And that's how I feel today. Then you have Merrick Garland decides that he's going to hold a press conference. And of course, everyone is collectively holding their breath, thinking that it's going to be an announcement about, oh, I don't know, the most corrupt person in America and the most treasonous fucking person in America, the most dangerous person in America, Donald Trump. And no, It's to talk about some double agents in China. I'm like, y'all, I'm having one of those days where I just, you know, want to head to a beach with a pitcher of liquor and just wait for the fucking comet to hit because 
two weeks until midterms. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Does anybody have any idea? You know, the polls are going in the direction of the Republicans. You know that I don't give a fuck about polls. So we'll find out on election day or who the fuck knows, maybe a week or two weeks after uh, where, where the balance of power lies. Does it lie with the fascists or does it lie with the people who are trying to, you know, fight for democracy? The way the fucking horse race that the news is portraying this in, I can't even turn on the television because it makes me sick and I don't want to break my television by throwing a remote at it because I paid for it. But that's the fucking mood that I'm in when I listen to them pretending like this is a normal fucking election. It's not. It's America's last election. And maybe if, you know, the media spoke about it in that way, then more people would be coming out to vote. Who the fuck knows? More people would be voting Democrat because, you know, they like nice things like freedom. I just, I'm at a loss. And and there are some days that are worse than others. I had a really nice weekend, right? Like, and I hope all of you did too. But I got to tell you that by the time you reach fucking Tuesday in this, you know, black hole that we call America, it feels like you've lived 87 days in one, right? The exhaustion is real. I posted, you know, several videos on TikTok where I address them to white America. And then I have motherfuckers coming back and telling me, oh, this isn't helpful. Do you know what's not helpful? A entire expose in the New York Times about how aggrieved white people are, that they are no longer able to oppress as many people as they want. And they align themselves with Trump because they feel like they've lost their way. Why don't you actually do an article, New York Times, about the rise in white supremacy and racism in this country and the fact that Donald Trump didn't do anything other than reveal America to itself, right? I don't need to, you know, have these multiple articles that are trying to do what? Provoke some type of empathy for white people that decided not to get an education, that decided not to compete because they thought that whiteness was enough of a currency for them to stay ahead and keep ahead? Get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the bullshit, right? We're in this predicament because motherfuckers think that they don't have to work for shit. It's just black and brown people, right? It's just queer people, right? It's just women. Everybody else who's been doubling and tripling up on fucking degrees going into debt that now the Republican Party has blocked relief in, right? Because they want people to be suffering because they're easier to control that way. Like I am just tired. And on top of that, we had another school shooting. We are the only goddamn country where school shootings are the fucking norm. Where sending your kids to school is roughly like rolling the dice, hoping that you see them again. You have Texas fucking sending out DNA kits so that they can do whatever the fuck they want with that swab. I don't trust the state of Texas with anything, let alone the fucking, my fucking DNA. So that'll end up in somebody's crime scene so that they can keep their, you know, prison industrial complex rolling on. I just like every goddamn where that you look, everywhere you look right now, it, it is like one thing is worse than the next. And the week is not even halfway over. I know that the name of the game here is exhaustion. And I got to tell you today, I'm exhausted. Today, I really, you know, I am so grateful for my upcoming guests, Ebony Munn and Dr. Lex, to talk about 
you know, something hopeful like their new series, Queer Sex Ed, you know, to provide some real understanding of sexuality and the body and all of these things for young queer kids who basically, and not even young queer kids, let me tell you something. Kids in America, gay, straight, non-binary, otherwise, do not receive a comprehensive sex education. They just don't, right? It is bullshit. And so what this series is trying to do, Queer Sex Ed, is to combat all of the myths so that, you know, our kids grow up with a healthy understanding of themselves and their bodies, what they want, what they don't want, what is okay and what is not. And some of the things that you may hear in this conversation may seem radical to you, but it shouldn't be. You know, I'm just like, you know, everyone keeps saying that at some point in time, all the bad people will die and they'll make way for the new. But folks, we've been saying that for centuries and this shit is cyclical. And where we are right now in our body politic is really about ignorance and funding ignorance, right? And the fact that we don't teach civics, the fact that we don't teach the truth about this country, which is why a whole population, the large swath of white Americans believe that they are having something taken away from them that they never fucking earned in the first place, right? But if we taught the truth about history, if we taught the truth about who were the inventors and the engineers and the architects and all of these things, then maybe they would have a better sense of fucking self. Maybe they would have decided right in middle America, not to just rely on their father's factory and their grandfather's factory and their great grandfather's fucking coal mine as a way to provide for their families. Maybe they would have been told to fucking go to school, get an education. And then maybe then, you know, the academic industrial complex wouldn't have decided to make school so goddamn expensive because then white people would have gotten up in arms about it. Right. But the whole point of making school expensive was then to loot black and brown people and poor people into a fucking cycle of debt that now Republicans want to keep up. Because you see, if you're not suffering, if you have more choice in your life about where you want to live and how you want to work and where you want to work, then they don't have the same amount of control. Like, that's what all of this goes back to. And it's so clear to me and so frustrating that. Other people just refuse to see it or do not have the same level of intellect to be able to cut through the bullshit. I don't know which it is, and maybe it's both. You know, I don't know why I'm saying that it needs to be an option. But my God. You know, we have kids that are so fucking scared of their own bodies, of themselves. We, we have such sexual repression in this country that you have people going on full campaigns to stop drag queens from being able to read to children, but you'll send your kids over to the Catholic priest like, that's okay. Which one of them has been charged with sexual abuse over decades? Not the drag queens. Folks, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I know that we have two weeks until the midterm elections. I know that early voting is starting now in many more states. Folks, grab as many people as you can. Head to the polls. Make sure that you are registered. Make sure you're on the roster. Make sure that you are getting at least five other people to vote or to come up with a a voting plan. Take them to the polls. 
you know, give money, do something because I just, I feel like we are losing it. I feel like we are losing it and not just our democracy, but our minds in the process. And I need us so desperately to hold it together. But some days, folks, some days like today, I just want to scream out into the void. What in the entire fuck are people thinking? Coming up next, dear friends, my conversation, which is much more uplifting than this, with Ebony Munn, who is the director of brand marketing and content creative at the It Gets Better Project, and Dr. Lex, who is a PhD level sexologist and licensed marriage and family therapist who operates the Institute for Sexuality and Intimacy. She is featured within the series as one of the sex educators of Queer Sex Ed. That conversation is coming up next. Folks, I am very excited to welcome to Woke AF Daily for the first time two two wonderful people to discuss where we are as it pertains to LGBTQ youth, as it pertains to how we're actually educating um, our young people. Uh, Ebony Munn is director and brand marketing uh, brand marketer for and content and creative at uh, the It Gets Better Project. Dr. Lex is a PhD level sexologist and licensed marriage and family therapist who operates the Institute for Sexuality and Intimacy. Um, and both are a part of Queer Ed, which is a five-part long-form video series produced by the It Gets Better Project. Um, I want to welcome you both uh, to woke AF. And I, and I want to start out and I'll just, you know, open, uh, open it up and, and we can just dive into conversation, which is, um, first, you know, the, it gets better project for me. I, I remember back in the early two thousands, um, you know, the rash of suicides that were happening, um, LGBTQ youth, some as young as, as, as eight, nine years old, uh, were taking their own lives because of being bullied either for actually being queer or just the perception, uh, that they were different. And I remember that it gets better project coming together, uh, with videos from LGBTQ, you know, adults who wanted to showcase that there is another side to this, this, this torment, this bullying, um, what you feel like is the end of your life, like there is another side that we can that we can get to. And I remember participating uh, in, you know, in, in those videos. And so I, I, I'll do this. Ebony, I'll, I'll start with you because you're the, the, the director of content uh, and brand marketing. How has the It Gets Better project shifted and changed? from those early 2000s with this series of videos, you know, that was basically an opportunity for, for us to take care of us. Absolutely. So the It Gets Better project, our mission is to uplift, empower, and connect LGBT youth. And so the early stages of kind of having celebrities, uh, well-known LGBT people uh, in that space kind of speak directly to youth has changed. Now we're actually talking to youth directly with youth and other young people. And we're kind of standing in that gap of 
uh, creative storytelling, uh, kind of matching people and saying, hey, this is a journey. We are along with you. Uh, here are the steps toward that journey. You can ascend up the steps. You can, you know, we'll meet you where you are sort of thing. And Dr. Alex, you are a sexologist and, you know, I want you to be able to, A, explain exactly what that, exactly what your focus and discipline is. Um, and then why it is important, um, to have a, to have a doctor like yourself participating in conversations, um, with the, it gets better project. Oh, thank you so much. Great question. So a sexologist is a person who studies sexuality in the short run. The issue is, is most people only get the first three letters. They say S-E-X and they only think intercourse. They don't think identity and body esteem and intimate relationships and power dynamics within all of sexuality, which every single person has from womb to tomb, every single person, right? And it may come in different aspects for our ACE folks. It may come um, for all sorts of things as a result of trauma, but sexuality is an entire being. It's not just something that people do with their genitals. And so as a PhD sexologist and a licensed and marriage family therapist, coming to this project was an honor, A, and then B, wanting to make sure that sexuality is something that can be talked about from multiple lenses, right? We always hear, don't go out and get pregnant, don't get an STI. But that's all we hear about. We don't talk about identity development or it's shamed or it's written off as, oh, it's just a phase. And so I wanted to bring that, no, there are dynamics to sexuality that are identity making that involve a socio-emotional response and that are completely valid in their existence, no matter how they come. What a novel concept to actually teach about entire identity as opposed to what I believe the far right has done, which is to make everything be about genitals, everything be about sex, as opposed to who we are as entire people. So talk to us, um, Ebony, about this series and why this series um, is so important uh, and what you're hoping people get from it. Totally. So I am the creative mind behind Course Sex Ed that kind of pairs sex educators with LGBT friend groups for open and honest conversations uh, that range from how you first experience self-pleasure, uh, how you set boundaries over time, uh, and just sex in the disability community. And the concept came from, I remember when I was young, uh, I didn't have those conversations with my parents, with anyone. <laughs> it was kind of taboo. It was hush-hush. But I did have those conversations with my friend groups. And there were a lot of conversations. Some of that information was very accurate. Other parts of that conversation, not so much. We needed a second opinion. <laughs> and so bringing this uh, you know, sex ed series uh, and focusing on friend groups, but also allowing sex, sex educators to kind of come in and debunk myths, uh, talk about you know what their changes are going on with your body, uh, how you learned or relearned pleasure, you know what you're looking forward to, just made so much sense because you know queer kids are already having these conversations, and why not fill in that gap? Hey, I'm David Plotz of Slate's Political Gab Fest. 
As another election season accelerates, it can be tricky to sort through all the noise in the news. Each week on the GabFest, John Dickerson, Emily Bazelon, and I decipher the headlines, break down the races, and tell you what issues really matter. We do not always agree. We definitely do not always agree. But we always deliver thoughtful debate, and we always have a good time. So subscribe to Slate's Political GabFest. New episodes every Thursday. Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci is one of the latest shows on the TYT network and also the fastest growing news show in America. On his show, Dr. Ricci plays no games regarding policy, delivering a heavy dose of fact-based truth and penetrating analysis on all the top news stories focusing on racism, criminal and social justice, politics, police brutality, Karens, and much more. Listeners can also expect interviews with fascinating guests, political leaders, commentators, and even fiery debates with conservatives on a wide range of policy topics in the bullpen. It is an indisputable fact that you will love this show. Listen to Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. You know, there is just something that becomes so taboo when we talk about young people and pleasure. When we talk about, you know, the the idea of understanding our bodies, our identities, and how we want to be in relationship and if we want to be in relationship with others, but more importantly, how we engage in in relationship, intimate relationship with ourselves. And so Dr. Lex, I, I, you know, my work is around politics and equity and justice, right? And, and elevating conversations to the forefront that mainstream media is too chicken shit to be fair, to have, to have a real conversation about, right? So I, I, I do want to, how do you push back against the rhetoric that would say that by virtue of this series, by virtue of the work that you do, you are sexualizing children that in, in, for, 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 for us to want to create healthy connections with self, body, identity, heart, and with others, that this is what, as, as Marjorie Taylor Greene, a representative, and I use that in air quotes, has said that we are sexualizing children. We are grooming children. We are the ones that are pedophiles and need to be looked after. So talk to me about how, Dr. Lex, you push back against that type of misguided and dangerous rhetoric. Oh, so that is basically my entire platform, right? Uh, so I believe in raising sex positive kids with shame free sex ed. And people will see like sex positive. And remember, I told you people get caught up on just genitals. We teach children to betray their bodies very early. Well, finish all the food on your plate. You only took two bites. You're still hungry. And that kid is like, no, I'm good. We're not trusting that kid. We're not teaching that kid to trust their bodies. I'm also raising a five four and three month old right now um, in the world. And my kids know 
what a vulva is. My five-year-old came out to me as a girl, even though she was forcibly assigned girl. We went through some pronoun changes because she was still figuring out who she was and we rolled with it. And so to those like super conservatives, which I've had run-ins, right, when answering questions like on a TikTok or something, I want them to expand. Um, The thing that people don't realize is the same innocence, quote unquote, that they're trying to protect is the same innocence that minor um, attracted people are attracted to. Mm. And innocence never equals ignorance. Come on. Say that. Right. So you can have knowledge and still be innocent. And because my kids have knowledge of their bodies, they know a vulva is a vulva, a penis is a penis. When somebody says, hey, let me show you my penis, my kid would be like, why? I don't want to see your penis. I don't consent to that. Versus this is interesting. If somebody walks up and says, I can make your body feel good. My kid is like, I can make my body feel good. Why would I need you to do that for me? This is strange. I'm going to go talk to somebody about it. You can't shame my children with knowledge. Like, well, you're not supposed to say that word. Well, my mom says there are no dirty words. There are only words. Mm. Right? So we're teaching them by disarming those who might try and enact power over them. You can't shame my kids into a behavior because my kids know this thing and they know if you're trying to have them keep a secret, then I'm going to tell on you because we don't keep secrets in my house. We only do surprises. And this doesn't feel like a surprise because I trust myself to know that this doesn't feel good because I've learned from an early age what feels good and what doesn't. And it's not just about genitals. Mm-mm-mm. Dr. Lux, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> You're going to be busy because we're going to need to drop you in every state, in every school district, in every classroom, you know, in and out of systems, because that was a a mouthful. Um, I, I want to pick I want to go back to. Innocence versus ignorance, I mm-hmm. want to go back to this idea that what I what I hear from conservatives Right. And I don't even really like to use the the word conservative. Um, What I hear from people who are anti-education is that the more that we are disconnected from ourselves, the easier we are to control. Mm -hmm. The more, you know, that we are disconnected from ourselves and wrapped up in shame, as you have said, the easier that we are to become submissive to their will. And so, you know, I, I, I want to, and, and Ebony, I, I want to bring you in as well. I want to dig into this idea that LGBTQ kids should be ashamed of themselves, should be embarrassed. We are now living in a climate that says that you can't even utter the word gay. You just said, Dr. Lex, there are no dirty words. There are just words. Well, the whole state of Florida, the whole state of Texas, the whole You know, and we can run through these red state governors that have not only said that the word gay is a bad word, right? And so should not be uttered, but that we should be criminalized. So Mm -hmm. how do you balance what you just articulated as something that I see as so beautiful and so honest and so real? Because I remember being young that my mother said the same thing. She's a registered nurse. And said, I don't want you and your sister to learn the baby words of your body. Because if somebody is touching you mm-hmm. and we need to deal with that via police, via uh, courts, via whatever, then 
I don't want there to be any misinterpretation. Uh Right. And so how do we continue to want to create this kind of safe environment that is raising young people to be proud of who they are when we have entire states, leaders of entire political parties that are saying the opposite? Ebony, I'll go to you and then to Dr. Lex. Totally. I think once we change the mindset of saying that sexual education is actually vital to our well-being and the safety of young people around the world, then we change that narrative. Because inclusive sex education is not just about the actual sexual act, right? It can be about so much more. It extends to community building, finding community and safe spaces and other people. It's about, you know, boundary setting. It's about healing, self-love. What do you like? What do you dislike? What's not for you? What is for you? Having those safe uh, community-based conversations with people that look just like you, accessing your own pleasure, it's beyond sexual intimacy. It's really about what you need to know um, just to go forward in your daily life. I mean, I think that's a spot on. And I will add that I love your mama. Yeah, like that is, is exactly it. So I say, hey, mom. Uh, that being said, for, for the red states that are anti-education, they're they're coming from a place of fear, mm-hmm. right? I, I will contend, I would like to figure out how to put in legislation that all elected officials have to pass a comprehensive sex education test. But come on, outside of that, <laughs> I will say that this fear of, I think it's a homoerotic fear that my kid or somebody like that will be treated like I would treat them, right? I've not yet met a parent that says, I want my kid to grow up and have a shitty sex life. I've never met that parent. When they are ready, they want their kids to have a fulfilling, enjoyment, pleasurable life. And so when we talk about transness, when we talk about queerness, there is a level of, I don't want people to treat you as poorly as I treat these people. Mm. You know, what's really interesting, too, that I find is that I often talk about the far right, right? The, and it's not it's just the entirety of the Republican Party that is that operates not only from a place of fear, but from a place of scarcity, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't do what they are doing if you are if you are coming from a place of abundance, right? Okay. Like you would not seek to you know, marginalize and section off and oppress people if you were coming from a place that says that you were enough, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's how do we, in this climate, and this is, you know, I, I wrote about this recently at the Daily Beast when I'm, you know, I'm asking, you know, are the kids okay? Because I don't think that they are. Because I think that when we look at the number of young people who are being prescribed antidepressants and anti-anxiety, medication, when we look at the fact that LGBTQ youth have always had higher than the average uh, attempts at suicide, how are we to create this level of comfort and esteem in this climate? Like, what does that really look like? Right? Because Uh you're doing an entire series that wouldn't be able to air in the state of Texas, in the state of Florida in the state of Mississippi, Arkansas, Tennessee, right? Like, so if, if the idea here is that we need to get information out in order to keep these kids safe, but what the, what Republicans have said is that education and information is a problem, 
then how 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 do we help young people navigate and feel seen again at a time when they're being pushed back into the shadows? And I'll let either one of you just jump in. Uh, I think that's what Ebony is doing with this creative vision, right? So as uh, a person who's pansexual, who is also a a recovering Baptist from the South, all right, we've always found each other. Queer folks have always found each other and built community because queerness has been, is since before colonization, right? And has been globally in existence before colonization. In every culture, there has been queerness, And that got erased with colonization because of that shame and level of discomfort, right? So Mm -hmm. I think by putting it out there, people will share things on their phones. People be like, girl, did you see this clip? Watch this TikTok, watch this Instagram reel, whatever it is. So as long as we put it out there for it to be found, I am trusting that the people searching for it will find it. And then they will share it amongst their communities because it says we're not alone. Right. And I will say our young folks are some of the most mobilized young people. Mm-hmm. People always talk about them not being able to socialize. I'm like, they talking to 100 people a day. Hundreds That's of people true. get their messages yep. a day. Mm-hmm. Right. I'd be like, oh, tap out after two conversations. I won't talk to nobody else. But they're talking to somebody and they're mobilizing. They're like, what if we hack the algorithm and get all the tickets to this event? So when they show up, it's empty or they have to cancel it. Like they are mobilized and able to do this. And they're finding so much more information. Yeah. Ebony, I, to- I totally agree. And and just to piggyback, we do it. We we produce this series in spite of, in spite of mm. the roadblocks, uh, in spite of you know all the naysayers. We are going to get this content to Gen Z and all the young adults who need it. My last question for you both is this: I am a person as as people who know who listen to woke AF. Uh, I, I am ye of little faith, right? I I try. Uh, to carry around uh, a mustard seed of hope, right? Um, that okay, that 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 I, you know, that I I want to believe that even though the work that I am doing and others are doing and you all do are doing, we may not see the benefits of this, right? Like what we are pushing for, because we are being pushed back, um, and the we're being pushed back into, you know, archaic times, right? And so I, I want to know what keeps each of you hopeful, right? Um, how do you remain hopeful in the work that you are doing at a time when it feels like our backs are literally being pushed back up against the wall and that we're fighting for our lives? I think what keeps me hopeful is knowing that it's not just about me or my generation. Uh, creating content, storytelling that speaks directly to Gen Z is bigger than me. This is past Gen Z. This is the newer generation of someone thought enough of my generation to do something, to stand in the gap of of what I didn't Mm. learn as a kid or, or in school. And so what I think is, you know, that's our job. <laughs> that is our job to educate, empower, and uplift the next generation so that they have a foundation, a secure foundation to fall on. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that, Ebony. And so I think for me, it's one, I'm, I'm passing it forward in my own seed, right? I selfishly decided to have kids. And my 
kids director calls my kids the sex educators of the classroom, right? So they're like, mom was pregnant. They're like, oh, you having a brother or sister? And my um, my middle child goes, well, they haven't told us yet. We don't know. And I'm like, oh my God. yes, amazing. yes, amazing, right? Um, and the oldest one goes, it has a penis. Like, I don't know what else you need to know. It has a penis, right? And so we're pushing it forward that way, but also knowing that we've always been here, right? Yes, with the suicide. Yes, with the depression. Yes, with the anxiety, which since the pandemic, mental health needs have skyrocketed, but they're also being met. People are actually reaching out to other queer therapists like myself, right? To other networks as well. But we've always been here. and We've always survived. And we're still doing that. And we're still leading. Right. Black trans women are leading movements. Black queer women are leading movements. That ain't gonna stop. Yeah. I I I love that. That we've always been here and we're always going to be here. Um lastly, uh I could I could honestly I could talk to the both of you um for for another half hour. I'm so appreciative of the work that you're doing. I'm so appreciative of the spirit um, that you bring to the work that you're doing. And for those that want to get in connection, to get in contact, to watch the series, please tell them how they can uh, follow you and find Queer Ed. Of course, Queer Sex Ed premieres on October 19th. You'll find it on itgetsbetter.org. Also our YouTube channels, just type in It Gets Better. We're on all the social networks at It Gets Better. And Dr. Lex, how would Dr. folks, can uh, folks, you, you mentioned a TikTok, so I'm like, so tell us what it is. Oh, so yeah, so I am Lex, L-E-X-X-S-E-X-D-O-C, um, across all platforms as well. And I will be sharing out about It Gets Better because I'm just, I'm so proud and deeply honored to be a part of the work uh, and the conversations and also the little factoids that I think everybody should know. Uh, so Lex Sex Doc across all platforms and LexSexDoc.com. Amazing. Thank you both, Dr. Lex and Ebony Mon, for making the time to join Woke AF and drop some knowledge and hope for us. Really appreciate you both. Thank you. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 
This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org.